Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Hello, everybody. We are Matt and Kevin, and welcome to Season 3 of the Believe Overwatch League podcast from the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Please like, rate, and subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can also find us on all social media at Believe in OWL and at Believe.com. This week, we discuss the trend of mobile gaming, the new Pokemon releases, and more Blizzard drama. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to another week of the Believe in Overwatch League podcast. It is the week before Thanksgiving in America. So I think at this point, everyone's just like waiting for next week to happen already. So we can just not go to work for a day or two. I know everyone in my job is just like, let's go. Let's get let's get to next week already. Let's go. And my sister has a whole week off, dude. Like, you're, how long did you get for Thanksgiving break when you were in element or high school? Because my sister- in high school, yeah, I, I think in high school we only got the two days. We okay, got like yeah. Thursday, Friday. Yeah, yeah, that's that's normal. But no, my I think my sister only got one day of fall break this year, but now she gets the entire week of Thanksgiving off. Yeah, that's pretty nice i wish i wish that was a thing but yeah yeah it, i i guess I, I guess not like if you could afford to take that break i guess but like at the same time it's like uh what, what do you do for a week not school not school <laughs> that's for sure and eat food and enjoy yourself get ready to you can, you can start standing in line for black friday shopping a whole week early yeah, another another good one is like, what do you? Uh, is your family more of a turkey Thanksgiving family, or do you guys do ham, or do you guys just, you know, stop by Jollibee? Is that like, is that the play? <laughs> we had Jollibee last night, actually. So, um, that that's very uh, coincidental. But so we started. So my family or my parents don't really understand the point of Thanksgiving because they didn't grow up here. Um, my dad was born here, but he was raised in the Philippines. So it, it's not a thing really for him. Um, but what we used to do for, I think, the f- the first like 12-ish years of my life until like, I think we started in junior high doing something different. But for the first 12 years of my life, there's a, um, there's a diner called Norms. There's a, a couple branches of them in Southern California. Um, so what we would do is we just kind of go there and like order um like individual servings of turkey dinner. So it'd be like a couple slices of turkey, mashed potatoes, gravy, um, a couple of sides or whatever. And we just kind of get individual to go things. And it was kind of garbage. Like, honestly, it was garbage. <laughs> I, I love Norm's. Like, it's a really good diner. 
Um, I've got a lot of really fond memories there, but their turkey Thanksgiving thing is just kind of garbo. Um, and then after a while, um, we would go to get, we'd go to Ralph's, which is like a grocery store chain. And we would get like this do it yourself kind of Thanksgiving thing. So it came with the turkey and all the stuff and you just have to bake it. Um, and you just order, you, you order in advance so they can have the kit ready for you. Um, so we did that for a couple of years. And then finally, in our most recent iteration of Thanksgiving, what we do is we order from Honey Baked, uh, which is, uh, they're typically a ham company, but they also do turkey. So for the, for the past couple of years, we've done turkey and ham. Um, but I think this year we're just doing ham because everyone likes the ham and I was really the only one who ate the turkey. So it's like, mm. eh, it's kind of a waste of money if I'm the only one eating it. Um, mm. And it's good, but it's like, the ham's better. So that's what we're at in our latest incarnation of Thanksgiving celebrations. What about you, Kevin? Are you a, a ham or a turkey family or something different? Yeah. So my uncle does the whole turkey thing for our family. It's really, he, he takes it really seriously and he's really good at it too. So he, he does like, he, he buys the turkey, you know, like he keeps it frozen for x amount of days he unthaws it he bases it and he he does like the whole the whole works mm-hmm. um it's a process it is a process and it's like a two or three day process to just get this turkey ready and yeah it, it feels really cool especially this year now that majority of my family or everyone in my family is vaccinated mm-hmm. it's the first time that we're able to get together since 2019 oh wow so, it's really cool. Not even 2019. We had to dodge 2019, mm-hmm. 2018. So it's been three years, three Damn. years almost. Um, so it's really important for, you know, this Thanksgiving that we have, you know, a full Thanksgiving dinner mm-hmm. and everybody's here. So um, really looking forward to a turkey dinner. The last couple years have just been um, my dad. We, we got my dad a Traeger for like Father's Day. I think it was last year. Mm-hmm. And he did turkey on that, and it was pretty good. So um, I, I don't know if we have to have a turkey cook-off or something like that. Um, I, I don't think that's the case, but it's overall, like, really, really good turkey. Um, but the downside of a turkey, right, is if you have enough turkey to go around, you will always have the leftovers. And, like, uh-huh. as... My family like preferably goes for the dark meat because like I don't know I, I like I like moisture cuts yeah. I don't know if that's a better better way of saying it <laughs> but it's just like I like those cuts better and so right. we just have like a ton of just more like flavorful exactly so like by the end of the night you just have a bunch of white meat right yeah and for our family we we decide to like repurpose it kind of. So of course, for my it's cousin, not Thanksgiving and I, if you're not eating the leftovers for a week, yeah, for like a week after. So for my cousin and I, uh, we have this thing. We'll eat Thanksgiving dinner, and then around like you know nine or ten at night, we're just like, all right, where we we start cooking up some corn tortillas. We do like a we blend the white meat together, right? We throw in some salsa and we do like street tacos like late night street tacos and i'm like this is this is good like we we've almost like mastered it so i'm like 
I'm really excited to see like what kind of stuff we can get away with this year. Mm-hmm. Um, because like we do it kind of in the same way as like Iron Chef, where it's like we're not allowed to go outside to go find more food. It has to be whatever's in the kitchen, right? You, oh, it's like whatever, whatever is there, we have to use it. So last year, the play was um, my cousin was skeptical about it, but I I pushed him on it. It's that if we use Parmesan cheese on the outside of the um, of the tortilla shells um, of the actual like corn tortillas, it just adds another layer where we don't have to add you know more Mexican cheese to it. It's a lighter cheese uh-huh. flavor, but it's it melts and like meshes way better with the salsa and stuff that's in it. So, like he was like, oh, "It's weird," and I'm like, "It works." And then you tried it, and he's like, "This works." So it's gonna be really interesting to see like what we can do and if we have enough foresight to plan to get avocado. Um, if if we get avocado, I think it's gonna be like next level next uh, this year. So we'll see. Maybe I'll just come up with avocados I'll, I'll put it on the shopping list do you have like a particularly favorite like cut of turkey i know you said you like the dark meat better and i think a lot of people like the dark meat better but i know some people are like they like eating the heart or the liver or like the giblets or the turkey neck or they'll just like rip off a leg and just nosh on that the entire night so uh we have a specific rule where we can't eat the leg um because grandma calls the leg like she always gets both of them, uh-huh. and so I'm like, I've never had turkey leg besides Disneyland. Um, that's like the only time when like I actually get it. So for me, it's more like whatever happens to be there, um, uh-huh. I, I will eat whatever cut is available. So um, I'm glad. Um, you know, I I don't know exactly what part of the turkey it is, but if it's dark meat, I'll eat it on its own with some gravy. Um, but if not, you know, it, it's going it's going in a taco at, at 11 p.m. Do you have any like any particularly like memorable Thanksgivings? I know we're a week we're a week early <laughs> talking about Thanksgiving, but I mean, oh, we're not we're, we're I think we're, we're going to hold off on doing an actual episode next week just so we can enjoy and just relax and actually have time off. Yeah, so we're talking about this now. What? And we're not we're not padding content at all. We're it, just... it's it's not. It's just it's more like we're we're uh, doing it at a time, we're we're tackling subjects that we won't talk about otherwise. Um. But yeah, there. <laughs> it's really stupid. But <laughs> every year, um, they show the same South Park episode of a. a it's a Thanksgiving like event on on South park where the, the kindergartners uh, they said that they are all putting on like an amazing like school production. And like the fifth graders have like this Helen Keller, like story thing for Thanksgiving. And they try to get like a Turkey who is like an actress and like flamethrowers and pyrotechnics. And it's, it's just this one episode with like this one chicken or this one Turkey whose neck is like on the ground. Like its head is like being dragged in the dirt. And its name is Gobbles. That's like the only thing that we remember. <laughs> like, it's always that episode every year. And it's like, it's almost a tradition at this point where, like, well, okay, we just got to watch something really stupid right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so um, <laughs> we, we watch it and 
it's the same thing every year and that's when we start the tacos we're like all right south park's on let's okay let's start the tacos let's go so yeah that's that that's the thing south park and tacos you could south park and tacos there there's worse ways to spend thanksgiving than south park and tacos is there any traditions that you guys follow or uh like you know any specific events tradition wise like not really again my parents don't really care about thanksgiving all that much but like for me personally i like watching the charlie brown specials every year and then flipping over to the twilight zone marathon when it's on to see if i've like if somehow there are still episodes of the twilight zone that i still haven't seen even though it's been i don't know how many years since it's been since twilight zone's been on and how many years they've been doing these these marathons but there's still episodes that like i haven't seen so i'll try to catch those or just watch ones that i really like um also actually no that's it that's the only things that i do on thanksgiving the next day i'll usually like wait till um afternoon to go to see if there's any black friday shopping i want to do um because i never really buy anything that big um Mm. but the one the one thanksgiving that like i really remember the most was my senior year of college um this was when i i was in like the big 10 person apartment and we decided we were going to do a big old friendsgiving so uh i made deviled eggs i think this is the first time i was making deviled eggs which was like turned out pretty good and they became like my party specialty that i just always made every single time we had a party um and my friend parth would just because not everyone really ate at the party. So my friend Parth would just show up and then he would eat all the deviled eggs because he liked them a lot. Um, but this was the first time we were, we were kind of really celebrating all together. So my, my, one of my best friends, Nick made an entire Thanksgiving feast by himself. So like all the sides, he made a big Turkey. Um, the other Nick in our apartment, Asian Nick brought some Chinese food um and then we had we invited the french people over so this was the first time we actually like had parties with europeans and then they invited us to a party the next week and then we just kept going to parties together and then that's how we started the whole friendship with the french people in senior year uh and other europeans as well there were a couple spanish people um but yeah no that was like the first really big um that was like the first Friendsgiving I'd ever had. So it was really fun. It was the first time I was spending Thanksgiving um, with someone other than just my parents and my siblings. So, yeah. Do you do Black Friday, Kevin? Uh, I try not to, but we always end up doing it. <laughs> it's it's a thing that like we're, we're not one of those crazy families that like camps out in yeah. front of the store. But like there's a target like a block or two down from my from my cousin's house where we're going to go and you know celebrate thanksgiving so we're just like "Eh, they're open (laughs) let's see what kind of stuff we can buy and so we just kind of go around and we we take a peek at what they have at target usually you know all the tvs and stuff are usually sold yeah um but it's usually like we go there and we're like uh we could buy like eight dvds for like 10 bucks (laughs) or like we we just get chips this time we just get chips we get some you know more cheese and stuff so yeah it's really interesting to just see what food we we usually end up getting food and that's the stuff that's not on sale <laughs> um but yeah we we have a fun time just yeah perusing around and 
most most of the time it's like games mm-hmm. and movies that we're looking for but um i'm more of a cyber monday guy i mm-hmm. i wait online and then i'm like okay it's time to it's time to look at all these things so we're we're gonna do that and like honestly the the sales closer to christmas and into december are generally a lot better i found than black friday anyway so if you don't go black friday shopping it's not the end of the world like do you really need that extra toaster? No, you don't. Um, but no, usually Black Friday is when I tend to renew my um, my PlayStation Plus memberships just because like it's it's on discount so I can get it cheaper and I can just wait another year and then do the same thing on Black Friday again. But normally I don't really get anything big. It's like I don't need a new TV anyway, so I'm not going to stand in line for like over 24 hours in the cold camping out there with like no access to a bathroom or a shower to get a tv that like i can just wait and get later on in the year or it's like they only have like one in the store yeah anyway so if you're not the first person or if you're like not the the fastest one to run to it you're you just wasted your time anyway um but i'll just kind of just pop into like a best buy and see if there's anything that i just want to pick up just for funsies Speaking of just for funsies, continuing on that smooth transition train, um, TikTok decides that TikTok isn't fun enough on its own, and they're getting into mobile gaming. Hooray! Yet another mobile gaming thing. I don't know why these companies decide that they're not good enough without the mobile games, and they're all just hopping on this trend. So first there was Facebook gaming. So now we have, they have cloud-based Facebook games. And then now Netflix, as we talked about last week, is getting into mobile gaming with um, their phone platforms. I think iOS is launching very soon. It's only on Android that's available right now with the five games that they have currently. Um, A couple of them are Stranger Things IP related and themed. The others are just kind of random other games. Um, But TikTok is partnering with Zynga to release a game called Disco Loco 3D, which is like, it's like one of those endless runner games. Uh, Like, what is it? Temple Run or Subway Surfer? Yeah. Um, That kind of stuff. Uh, And it's it's not available yet, but it's been announced that they are partnering with with them. It's a new HTML5 based game. Uh, And what this is doing is, is it's garnering interest. It's, it's, Again, this is the early stages of TikTok's efforts to get into gaming. So I think that they're trying to kind of test the market, test the waters to see how, I guess, interested the TikTok, the TikTokers are in, in playing games. And this, is, this isn't their first game that they've released. Uh, earlier uh, this year, they launched Garden of Good, which was built in a partnership with feeding America to do some charitable fundraising. Um, and so from there, I'm guessing that they, they took a lot of that data that they did for that one time mobile game. And they, I guess there was enough interest and enough activity that they thought there might be a market here. I don't really, I don't really see it personally. I, I, again, I haven't seen their numbers. I don't really, I, I go on TikTok once a week for work. That's it. Um, but just just in in my perception my limited perception of the world 
Um, I feel like maybe the data that they got for a garden of good, maybe just was because it was a novelty thing. It was like the first time TikTok had done it and it was for a charity thing, which adds a little bit of like social pressure or, or goodwill towards doing something like that. Um, but with this new game, I, I honestly, I don't see it. Like people don't, people go to TikTok for TikTok. I feel like if by branching out into this, you're kind of muddying your brand identity and you're, you're distorting what TikTok is. TikTok is video content. It's not games. Like if people want to play a game, they'll play a game. They'll, they'll boot up Subway Surfer or Temple Run. They, I don't think, I mean, if they want to play a game and they're on TikTok already, maybe they'll open it and try it out. But it's like, you go to TikTok for TikTok. You don't need to branch out. And, and it's it's what all the companies are doing now. But I mean, if if you're competing in the same space as like dedicated mobile game companies, as well as with Netflix and Facebook as well, it feels like there's like just too much competition in the space and it's just going to be white noise at this point. Yeah, I do agree. I don't understand like why a bunch of, uh, why a bunch of these companies are just like saying oh mobile gaming is the answer um i understand you know if you're following the same blizzard sentiment of uh you guys have phones right uh kind of thing it is the most <laughs> accessible you know gaming platform um but at the same time it's like i don't understand why you need to invest both of them you know like you can one trick something and I'd be totally okay with that. Like, you know, if TikTok wants to one trick social media video sharing, like that's that's fine by me. If if they want to get into like, you know, other other things like that, just make a separate company that's good at it, you mm-hmm. know? Um do one thing and do it well. Yeah. And it's okay if you like if you branch out and diversify, but like you don't have to say like, oh, we're doing it, right? Um I, I see that, you know, in the article, they are partnering with like Zynga, which is, you know, the, the people who made mobile games for Facebook for the longest time. So I guess that's a good plus. But at the same time, it's like, why do you need to slap your name on this? Like you don't you really don't need to invest in this. Like what if, what if Kevin Twitch started doing this? Like they, they have their own like in platform games on top of the video content that they already have. How would you like, feel about that? And then like if, if YouTube Twitch did suit, mobile gaming? Yeah, if Twitch did mobile gaming and then that prompted like YouTube and Twitter to follow suit and then just it, it just sparks this bidding war and this arms race for mobile games. Yeah, I I don't think that like even if Twitch were to add mobile gaming, it would probably the only reason why they would do that is if they were making that a form or category in Twitch. And then that becomes its own thing. Like, it, imagine if, like, for our example, if Overwatch was made by Twitch, right? And the only platform you can use it on is Twitch. Yeah, people are going to go over to that because it's a good game and people are going to move over there. But at the same time, it's like, why? Like, Twitch doesn't need to, to do it because it has literally every single other game <laughs> to boost its platform. Like, it's, yeah. it's got... It's got so much going for it that this is really not the necessary take. But 
in, hypothetically, like if all these companies just start going for mobile gaming, um, I feel like we're going to have the same problem that we had in, I think it was the 1960s and 70s with the, um, with the Atari systems and stuff like that, where there were way too many games and not enough people playing them. Um, mm-hmm. And it got to a point where like people were like burning cartridges because like nobody would buy like if your game was not Mario or Duck Hunt or The Legend of Zelda or something good, like no one's playing it. Nobody's playing your game. Um, so it's going to get to that point, I feel like, where a lot of games are going to just they're going to exist, but only the like the greatest games are going to survive and keep going. So um, th- this is one. This is one of those things where you got to look into got to look into that gaming history. You got to go take that 15 week class uh, at, at my art college. So you, you can understand like what happened back then. So I hope that that doesn't happen. I hope that people still continue to game. Um, but like I'm afraid of the oversaturation of mobile gaming, um, especially if a lot of other companies are getting involved. It It just feels like all these entertainment companies keep doing this like this is a poor analog but this is like reminding me of a like the early 2010s where you started getting a couple of companies who were doing well transitioning films into a 3d format and then all of a sudden everywhere you looked every film was coming out in 3d to the point where like 3d tvs were about to become a thing and then as soon as it like almost seeming as soon as it started, they all disappeared because people realized we actually don't want this. It's we wanted it as a gimmick. Like if we want to watch like a 3d film, we'll go to like a a museum or like a, a theme park or something and see it there. But in general, we don't really want it everywhere we look. And I'm feeling like this is going to be that the next example of that, where how, yeah, a couple companies maybe are out there doing their doing well with mobile gaming, but as soon as everyone starts to try to do mobile gaming, then it it stops being special anymore, and people just get really sick of it, and it loses that that appeal. Do you do you, honestly do you think this is going to last, or is it is is I think, this the new reality for us? I feel like a lot of companies are going to be like, oh, we're getting into mobile gaming. And then the second that they realize that nobody's going to play their games, they're going to back out. Like, it's one of those things where it doesn't need that. You know, it doesn't need a full, we we don't need mobile gaming. Just work, work on the thing that works best for your platform. I mean, if you want a real answer, like, don't, uh, like for for TikTok, honestly, if you want more content on your thing, uh, you can borrow YouTube structure of monetization, and then a lot more people will start throwing, start putting up videos up there, uh, without having to, without having to just be like, oh, I I get it for the clout, you know, um, right? That, yeah, that's honestly like one of the best ways of doing it. Like just do that. You YouTube, you know, just just keep doing what you're doing, you know. Uh, it, just don't demonetize videos all the time. Uh, but yeah, it's just really, it's really interesting to just see where all of this goes. You know, it's if a lot of companies are just going to be like, we're we're going to make a poopy mobile game just to try to get money. Uh, it's not, it's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Um. Honestly, I don't think any of these companies are going to 
keep this trend up for very long. I feel maybe like Facebook and Netflix, just because they have the most money and the most resources, they might try it for longer than others. And they might succeed for a little bit, but I don't think it's going to be a very long-term successful project. Just understanding how, how gamers are and how people are and how we like like to keep things in nice separate boxes. Um, but Kevin, speaking of mm. a separate box of content, what is, what's new with the world of Pokemons? Yeah, um, as mentioned earlier, uh, there are a lot of new stuff coming. Um, if this does come out on Thursday the 18th, um, we will be talking about the new releases that will be happening on the 19th, which is the Friday. Um, Friday is a big day in the Pokemon community, not only just because uh, the big news is uh, Diamond and Pearl remakes officially hit shelves and people can go out and get it, um, which is cool because I that was one of the first Pokemon games I took seriously. Um, it was a part of my my childhood i remember playing that in like high school and middle school and that being like one of my first like pokemon games that i felt invested in and so uh, you didn't get invested in ones before that i i was a little bit but like this one was the first one where it was like it's on a new system um Ah, and we are we're ready to test the waters of what diamond and pearl has to offer so like i play fire red and leaf green and stuff like that but Uh uh-huh I guess the best way to say it is like Diamond and Pearl was the first time I played competitive. Like, oh, okay. I played competitive Pokemon sense. for the first time. And I learned like, oh, priority moves. Like, oh, this, this is how, you know, this works in a double battle. Like, all that stuff. So I, I started like playing Pokemon competitively um, at that point. So Diamond and Pearl remakes really have me hyped as, a, as an old person. Um, but on top of that, we've gotten news that Decidueye will also be coming out for Pokemon Unite on that day. So, yeah, we're going to be having a lot of fun uh, with those releases. Decidueye being another attacker for Pokemon Unite, I think we're, we're looking at ranged moves and stuff like that. So we'll see how it affects the meta. Um, if you guys want to see these games being played, um, I will be streaming on the 19th from... Uh, 12 p.m. PST uh, till till midnight PST. Um, yeah, and th- that's at Kanashi GG on Twitch. Uh, you will find me there. It is. It's gonna be fun. We're we're gonna have a lot of fun. And uh, I also got a new plush friend who will be sitting on my lap for majority of this event. Ooh. So I I'm ready. I'm ready to reveal that guy. So speaking of Decidueye, um, I on my last trip to Target, uh, my sister, I, I my sister was and I, my brother and I were looking for Pokemon cards there. Um, they didn't have any like in their normal area, but we were walking by the electronic section. You know those carts where they like the random merchandise that people don't put back and they like stuff them in the cart to put away later. Mm-hmm. We found like three packs in there, and they they can they were like three they had three promo cards and they had like an ente coin or whatever and so they had exactly three left so one for me one for my sister and one for my brother um and so i pulled out two and i gave one to my sister and so one of my favorite pokemon is blaziken because blaziken was my like first starter because the first game i played was sapphire so blaziken has a very special place in my heart and what do you know, 
in the pack that I gave to my sister, they had like there was a full holographic, full art Blaziken, just gorgeous card. And I'm so mad that like <laughs> I had it in my hand. And had I decided to give the other pack to my sister, that Blaziken would be mine. I'm so mad about that. Yeah, Have I told you anything about my mom and getting Pokemon cards? No. So, for whatever reason, we've inclu- we have included my mother in our Pokemon card collecting rituals, and so like so every time we'll buy Pokemon cards, we'll like get my mom a pack, and, and it I I don't know how this keeps happening, but out of all of us, our mom has the best collection because no matter because like I'll I've tried this like I'll I'll have my siblings like pick out which pack to give my mom and then we had my brother's girlfriend also pick out the pack to give my mom and no matter who gives her the pack every single time she opens it there is a full art in there like a really nice full art card so she has the highest full art card to like normal card ratio out of all of us and it's infuriating like it has not failed yet so I don't I don't get how that works. Like she like the most recent one I've been trying to get was a Rayquaza. Mm-hmm. She got a Rayquaza. And pulled it, it? Yeah, she pulled it. And like I, I was deciding I'll give her I is it this pack or I'll give her that pack. I gave her one, she pulled a Rayquaza. I gave my sister the, the one, she pulled the Blaziken. It's just I can't get what I want, Kevin. And it makes me so sad. You have to. It has to pass through your hands first, so you imbue it with <laughs> luck, and then and then you would just pass it on. Yeah, I guess it'd be like that. You know what else makes me sad, Kevin? Mm. The renaming of the Staples Center makes me sad. Yeah, I, I heard about this. <laughs> you want to talk about it, Kevin? Because I'm too sad to talk about it. I'm just I'm just so distraught by this change. Yeah, as as Matt, as an LA native, really can't discuss you know this whole thing. I can't discuss it objectively. Yeah, objectively, that it's it's very difficult. And as a as a basketball fan, it's hard to do the same thing. Um, but the Staples Center, uh, which is located in Los Angeles, it's one of the go to arenas in uh in the Los Angeles area. Um. After Christmas, will be renamed to the Crypto.com Arena, um, and it was a seven seven uh, hundred million dollars over twenty years to rename this change to have this change happen, um, and it just feels weird. Um, the Staples Center has, you know, Matt was mentioning it earlier, but it has like this level of alliteration that you know it's catchy. It's you know Staples Center. Uh, it's the house that Kobe built. It's, it's so easy to say Staples Center. Yeah, I don't think I don't think LA is ever going to call it the Crypto.com Arena, and it's really difficult. Like that's a mouthful. That's just, it doesn't roll off the tongue. It's it's Crypto.com. That's way too many syllables, and that's it just doesn't it doesn't work. Yeah, like, and it's like, just it's the crypt. It's the crypt arena. We're all going to die in, in in a morbid pile inside this arena. <laughs> yeah it's just not it's not a great name for it you know like yeah. if they called it the crypto center i'd be okay because like you know there's still the cc 
but like it this, this is just way too much this is like they didn't even call it the crypto.com center it's the crypto.com arena yeah they had to go a with it uh it, it why why not <laughs> have you ever been to, to the staples center kevin uh, I have not stepped foot in the Staples Center. I wanted to watch a mm-hmm. game. Like, if I'm ever down in LA, I would love to watch, you know, a Clippers or a Lakers game. But yeah, I was never, I've never been inside of the Staples mm-hmm. Center. I've been once, but actually, it was not for a basketball game. Back in, I think it was 2011 or 2012. I don't remember exactly when, but there was a a live show, a live touring performance. It was called Batman Live, and I went to it after school one day with my parents and my siblings because my parents knew how much I love Batman, so we went, and it was a fun show. It was it was something. It wasn't the best live show we, I've seen. Honestly, Disney on Ice was probably better than that, and I have, I've, I've seen Disney on Ice, and it was fun. Honestly, Disney on Ice was more fun listening to the children react in the crowd than the actual show, but the show was good. Um, but I, I went there for Batman. Um, I wish I'd actually gone for a game, especially when Kobe was alive, but um, sadly, I, I have not. Um, and I, at this point, I don't know any of the, who's on the Lakers anyway, so it's like it doesn't have the same impact for me as when I was actively like watching the Lakers perform and play and with the team that I knew. Um, but at least I have been inside it, but it's, I hated crypto before I hated cryptocurrencies and, and, and I just thought they were a scam. I I didn't know I could hate crypto even more. I thought this was a joke when I heard about it. Honestly, I thought it was a late April Fool's Day joke, Kevin. I'm still somewhat convinced it's a, it's a practical joke. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know why they would do that. I guess, you know, 700 million over the course of 20 years to get the get the name change. I guess that's, you know, a li- just a little bit of money in their pockets, but like at the same time it's like it's not recognizable that way. Yeah. I feel like you know, maybe kids who are going to be growing up like who are now about to be born, right? Uh, we'll will not know about the Staples Center, but I'm still calling it the Staples Center. I feel like all LA natives will still be calling. Oh yeah, it the Staples Angelinos Center. are never gonna call it the the Crypto.com Arena. Yeah, it's it, that's not gonna that's not gonna happen. So I just think that it's, you're just gonna go in and be like, okay, yeah, it's it's the arena. It's it's the Staples Center, man. Like, take me to that Kodak Theater. Like that's <laughs> that's what I, that's all I really got to call for. And like. Yeah, yeah, seven hundred million. I guess is a lot of money, uh, according to this article from ESPN. It is, it is purported to be the largest renaming deal that ever happened in sports. And like, yeah, I guess arenas change names all the time, but like this is the Staples Center. This is where like history has been made. This is where some of like the greatest players of all time have played. And like, you can say that for every arena. But like, there are—I feel like there are few arenas, few sports arenas in the world that have the history. Like, I think the only other one that I can think of is Madison Square Garden. Yeah, honestly, that has the same kind of reputation and 
um, importance to the sports world as the Staples Center, but it's not our call, honestly. I feel like if Angelinos were in charge of this, we would never have let this happen, but it's happening. Um, and yeah, you guys would have probably like signed off on a better, on a, like a different name. Honestly. Oh yeah, like if you, if it had happened, Crypto Center. Seriously, yeah, that the, the the double C's that you pointed out, Kevin, that would have been perfect. Um, but I like looking at some of the reactions to it. It people are very torn. People like Russell Westbrook are like, yeah, the name change might not be the best, but like it's the same building, just as it's like. It's like like that line. Yeah, I can't speak. It's like that line in Romeo and Juliet arose, but any other name would smell as sweet. Um, mm-hmm. so it, people like that, like what Russell Westbrook and, and Vanessa Bryan are like. Yeah, it's still it's a, it's a different name, but it's still the same house. It's still the house that Kobe built. It's still the place where all these things happened. Other people, like me, just are livid. And don't want this to go through, and and would do a lot of things in our power to stop this atrocity from happening. Um, but in the end, we still have the arena. It's not like they're tearing it down; it's still there, yeah. so we can still go in and call it the Staples Center from inside the the Staples Center. But this is a weird day in sports. It is. It feels like a very, like, it feels very weird. I'm trying to think of a funny, a fun, smooth transition, but I think I've run out of them. Um, So just moving on. Uh, Let's go from sadness. Oh no, there's the there's that transition from sadness to sadness. Um, Blizzard again is is just nonstop with their their bullshit. Um, So back in August, when all of the news broke about Blizzard being in this lawsuit and and all these investigations and people having to step down and whatnot. Jay Allen Brack, who used to be one of, who used to be like the head of Blizzard, um, announced that he was stepping down and would be replaced by um, Jennifer O'Neill and Mike Ibarra jointly. Like they would both be in that position that he held. So they would share the job. It's essentially the same job, just with two two people. and two months later, Jennifer O'Neill is resigning from that position, saying that she felt tokenized, marginalized, and discriminated against. Uh, and according to the article by Kotaku, Jennifer O'Neill is Asian American and gay. So she is, she's like, she's got three strikes, I guess, a quote unquote, against her in the normal patriarchal power structure. One, She's a woman, which women are not paid equally, even though they're supposed to be, and they have just harder times in the workplace. Two, she's Asian American, so she's uh, an ethnic minority. And three, she's gay, which like I don't know why this affects how you how people perceive how you do your work, but like I guess there's a lot of discrimination against gay people in the workplace for whatever reason. Um, so with all these three things that are happening, um, just she felt that she wasn't being respected. She she felt like, I guess this was her only option. And according to her, in uh, this is so convoluted, it's hard to talk about. But like 
according to her, she was not being offered the same pay as Mikey Barra, in spite, as I said, being offered the same exact job. Now, Blizzard says that they did offer them the same amount of money, but the twist is that according to Jennifer O'Neill, they didn't offer her the same amount of money until after she said she was resigning. So that's when that offer of equal pay was made. In addition to her not being paid the proper amount that she's supposed to be, um, she has also said in like private statements that she felt that the company would never prioritize our people the right way. Um, she's in private statements. She said that she has professed a lack of faith in Activision leadership's ability to turn the company around the leadership to, to make it better in spite of like in public stating that she's not without hope for blizzard, quite the opposite. This energy has inspired me to step out and explore how I can do more to have games and diversity intersect. So her public statements are conflicting with her private statements. And just at this point, it just feels like Blizzard is such a mess that I honestly don't know if they'll be able to survive as a company. I don't I I don't know their financials. I don't know what their staying power is, how what their ability is and the resources are to just kind of hunker down for as long as possible until um their new games come out and hopefully that turns their fortunes around but just with hit after hit after hit um and no matter what they're trying to do to turn these things around like the bad news keeps on coming i honestly don't know if blizzard will survive and if they do if people will be able to look past the, well, I, I, I should take that back because with the amount of people who refuse to call the cowboy Cassidy now, um, people are willing to overlook certain things just because they like a certain thing. But I don't know if Blizzard can survive to the same capacity that they were before. Yeah, I don't know. I to quote one crazy guy in Oklahoma. Uh, I don't know if they could financially recover from this. Uh, oh, God, you had to bring it up. <laughs> it, <laughs> if it you don't is know, a... <laughs> today, Tiger King 2 came out on Netflix. I haven't watched it yet because I'm going to watch with my family because my sister has homework tonight. But thank you, Kevin, for bringing that up because I, I forgot for a second. Yeah, I got I to gotta see if my parents want to watch it. Um, but I do think like it's one of those things where when you understand how much money blizzard has made over the course of five years it's like how much of that can they keep successful and i understand like right now it's very it's all over the place honestly like you you have people you have like obviously your lawsuit you have your lawsuit you have people leaving you have your people you have your professional players saying i'm leaving this game because it's boring and nothing is changing you've had like your your MVP moving to a different game, you know, it's just so much stuff going on. And I think that they have to think about how they want to move forward. And if the company does die, like let's say a blizzard does die, there will be another company that will fill in that position. It doesn't have to necessarily be, you know, another blizzard yeah. like company. Like it could be like another studio or something. Like we've seen I mean, it, in film and television, we've seen this happen before where it's like 
uh, when Studio Ghibli was over, or like when they finally said, "Okay, yeah, we're done." Um, they had Studio Pinocchio, uh, which um, took a lot of their animators and continued, you know, the same practices that they had at at Ghibli. Um, you have Tonko House coming out from you know Pixar Animation Studios, so it's a lot of other things that can follow up, and I feel like that's really interesting to see what's moving forward. Mm-hmm. And I hope that you know we do get a lot more moving forward, or like you know if we get a different company that takes the same place as Blizzard, um, they'll do a better job at literally anything that Blizzard's <laughs> doing right now. Um, but yeah, we we won't know until that happens uh we we hope to see you know blizzard maybe shape up but um i don't know if that is something that can fix their reputation at this point mm-hmm. and honestly like even if Blizz- if blizzard somehow does fold like another company could easily purchase the rights to the games that they're creating like they could buy a game company could buy the rights to diablo to overwatch to world of warcraft and continue it because and I, I don't see those games actually ever actually dying maybe overwatch um <laughs> <sorry to say. laughs> but i think those games would live on just under a different publisher or have like spiritual successor you know yeah they'll, like they'll definitely successor. with blizzard out of the picture people other companies would definitely try to fill in that gap like they would make definitely spiritual successors like you said kevin but like on how how bad does this look kevin that you have someone who is as diverse as you can be. You have a woman of a gay woman of color who is the head of your company. And two months after she takes that job, she leaves saying that she has very little hope for this company to turn itself around. How bad does that look? How, how screwed does Blizzard feel right now? Do you think? I, I just think it's just, it's a terrible look for them. Um, I wish that, you know, it It looks bad enough that you have this lawsuit. But then on top of it, you have literally one of the people who's supposed to run your company also leaving now. And it's because of the things that are being brought up in the lawsuit. <laughs> like, literally, it's that bad. So, mm-hmm. it this does not look good, obviously, for Blizzard as a company. But, like, you can't do anything about it. Like they, they have to blizzard as a company has to figure out how to fix this. And if anything, you're just shooting yourself in the foot right now. You got, you have to, you have to get all of this fixed and then your audience will come back. And like, Mm -hmm. we like right now, a lot of people in the community can't even trust blizzard. Uh, so it, just seems like the reputation of blizzard is just going way way down yeah it's uh, it's hard to imagine their reputation going lower but honestly i've been surprised before and i feel like there is always a level lower they could sink i hope they don't but they very well could so to go back to like an, a topic we talked about earlier. Um, so Kevin, you, you got a phone, right? I do. I have a phone. You, you got games on your phone? Uh, I, I only have Pokemon Unite just to get the login bonuses, but that's about it. <laughs> well, Kevin, 
you can also hopefully, or may, I don't even know, I can say hopefully, but at some point you might be able to download Overwatch onto your phone. Wow. A game that I played for <laughs> five years on my desktop that would clearly have superior graphics and gameplay ability could be played on my mobile device on a very small screen with flashing lights. Wow. With very little space for your thumbs. <laughs> how 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 does one aim? <laughs> I, I would it be a point and click thing, or just would you have to like gyro your phone around? Would it be I hope it's not gyro. If it's a gyro AR, like I would lose <laughs> my mind. Um, but apparently, according to a, a job posting, we very well could be looking at overwatch on mobile so according to a job posting on the blizzard website blizzard is looking for a product manager and the, the job post is saying uh they're looking for a talented enthusiastic product manager to help us create the best mobile game experiences in the world this person will be working on multiple titles diablo overwatch hearthstone and many more fantastic games um considering that this this is a listing specifically for mobile games this people are reading this as like definitive proof that we are going to hopefully get overwatch on the phone in the future um what i i I, what could be though is they could just be like listing their titles like they could just be saying overwatch and diablo just to like say oh these are some of the titles we have these are some of our IP, not specifically stating that these are the titles that you're going to be translating over to, to the mobile experience. Um, that could be one way to look at it, but I do think that just, just the way that this is going, that they're trying to put Overwatch on phones, I don't know if that's a good thing. Like, maybe if they made it like a different Overwatch property and put it on a phone, like if you did Pachimari's adventure on the phone, I think people would be very okay with that. I think that would be fun. But if you tried to take the actual Overwatch experience and just dumb it down for mobile, I think that's where people are going to have a problem. Yeah, I, I agree that you can't just slap Overwatch on the phone, but I do agree with your sentiment to take the Hanamura arcade games and put them as a mobile like arcade like i would i want to know what vv's adventure is okay there's a there's a diaper yes. baby with a leak okay i don't know what this is <laughs> but i want to figure that out i want to like you can even i don't care if you have to like if you win points in that game and then you use it use those points to win Pachimaris in the claw machine like i would play that like that's that's a you could call it the blizzard arcade collection or something like that or the overwatch arcade collection and we we would play that we would play the games from hanamura um it doesn't necessarily even have to like tie back to overwatch i mean it'd be nice if like the pachimaris you get adds to coins in your actual inventory uh that's a good way to cross all that stuff but um i I, i'm not blizzard once again uh (laughs) it i wish they would do something like that because that would get a lot of lot more people to play your mobile game. And if it, mm-hmm. you know, it does reward them and 
continue to keep them invested in the Overwatch IP, but at the same time, like I don't, I don't know. Would you play Overwatch on mobile, Kevin? Uh... <laughs> that says a lot. <laughs> uh, I no, I don't think I have. I don't think I have enough, like, swinging like ability to do mm-hmm. that. You know, my um, thumbs are too fat for that. Yeah. Um. I I think that it's way easier to do. Like, I I would love all of the games that they have in Hanamura as a mobile game, but like to play Overwatch itself, um, I don't I don't think there's enough processing power in a mobile device to keep that mm-hmm. working. Like, how does Pokemon Unite run on mobile? I haven't played it on my phone because I don't want to, but like. How does that work? Is it passable? So, so here's the thing. Uh, the the actual stuff that's in the Switch is kind of kind of old now. Uh, like the actual hardware, um, and like chipset. So, if you have a newer phone, uh, Pokemon Unite actually runs relatively well. Um, it, it's nice in that fact. But at the same time, you're like, hmm. I don't I don't know if it's if 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 that's good enough, you know? Like mm-hmm. honestly, I I would like I I wouldn't mind having, you know, Pokémon Unite work way better on like if the Switch upgraded its hardware, I feel like the the whole process of Pokémon Unite would be way way more entertaining to watch. Um but at the same time, like a lot of players got a switch because they wanted to play Pokemon Diamond or not Diamond and Pearl, but more uh, Sword and Shield when it first came out. So they already have a switch. It's just easier to play on there. Um, but yeah, I get it. It's it's more accessible to a lot more players if you have a mobile version as well, um, which I'm fine with. I'm fine with that. And I don't think that it's it's unfair in any way. I just think that, you know, Pokemon Unite is solid as is um but hardware wise that's that's the difference okay okay um the other question is like yeah there's there's the job open but considering everything that's going on with the blizzard do you really want to work there right now yeah no that's (laughs) a that's a hard pass for me dog uh I don't know if I could work, especially in a company like right now where, you know, everything is kind of on fire. Uh, yeah, you can't you can't really just sit there and figure figure out how everything works if, you know, everything is literally, like you you have half a president, you have <laughs> like, you, you, like everything's under a lawsuit, uh, nothing's getting done at all. So I feel like that that's all things that you have to worry about you know it's like putting carol baskin in dancing with the stars like sure you can but do you really want to especially considering there's a pending legal investigation going on yeah it, like it, it's not it's not good it's like you know it's like signing sinatra and valorant right now it's like oh this, no like, it, like if you want to if you want to go that bad oh no like, there's there's really 
you can't you can't do it. You can, but but you, you shouldn't. shouldn't. <laughs> um and and yeah, no more no no fancy transition to this one. Um but considering the the new release of the League of Legends show, what was it called, Kevin? Uh Arcane. Yeah, considering that the release of Arcane, um, and how I guess that's been doing fairly well. Um, fans of Overwatch are wondering where's our show? Because if you'll remember back in 2020, we got a little bit of a tease from uh, Nick Van Dyke, who is the co-president of Activision Blizzard, who said that he had developed and sold an animated series based on Blizzard's Overwatch franchise and that the the series was in um, pre-production at the time and in development. So considering that Arcane has done very well, um, people are like, oh, wait, where's the Overwatch series? We want the Overwatch series. We want the lore. Uh, According to Jeff, back when he was still part of Overwatch, the Overwatch team had a lot of lore planned, and they had a lot of lore planned out for years to come that would be released in several different platforms and media. Like We've been getting it through um, occasional animated shorts or comics or stories. Uh, and Overwatch 2, of course, is supposed to have a lot of lore in it as well because there is the single-player aspect. Um, and then this was announced as, as a show. But we really gotten no news after that. And, and granted, these things take time to make, especially animated shows. Like, you have to... There's, there's a lot of work that really goes into animation. I would know. It took me, my friend, a year to do a five-minute short that I wrote. Um but it'd be nice to hear a little bit of information from that. Uh, Kevin, if you were to get an Overwatch show just the way that you would like it, would you prefer it to be kind of like a hand-drawn looking um, anime style show? Or would you want it more in the vein of what Blizzard has been doing already with their 3D rendered uh, kind of the, the, the shorts that were familiar with it in that style um i think it would be easier for overwatch to tie it with the same style that they have been um but mm-hmm. i wouldn't put it past them to experiment and try something crazy because there's um, precedent with that with the Doomfist introduction short yes like that was fun like that that specific short was really fun to look at and i wouldn't mind like if, if they signed like I don't I don't want to get into well I could put on the weave hat. Hold on, let me let me dig real quick. It, <laughs> if okay, if they got somebody like um if Studio Trigger got on it, right? Um if you guys have seen Star Wars Visions, uh they're the guys who did episode 3, which is the twins. Um it's very like over the top coloring. Um but they've also done the Elder in that series too, which is episode seven. Um, those ones, they they have a lot of range and the bright cast of Overwatch would lend itself well to it. Um, but I feel like it's very much like also in the style, like if it's in the same style of like episodic things where like not necessarily everything has to be, it would be nice if it's in chronological order, but if it's not, it's just like little adventures of certain characters doing things. So like an anthology. Yeah, it would it would be cool to do it that way too. Um 
And, uh, you know, as long as we get Matt Mercer doing a terrible uh, Italian accent, uh, I'm totally <laughs> down for the show. I think I think you just get greenlit by just saying Matt Mercer will try to be an Italian cowboy. <laughs> um, I think that's it for the news. I did want to point want to mention, Kevin, that I finally have seen Shang-Chi because mm. I remember you said you wanted me to tell you when I finally saw Shang-Chi. And I did because it's on Disney Plus. I've seen it twice on now. Disney Plus. Yeah. Um, I've seen it twice now because my mom fell asleep the first time we watched it. <laughs> so I watched it with her again last night. She fell asleep again because as she tends to do. Mm. Um, but yeah, I've seen it twice now. Yeah. Uh, what, what did you think? I liked it. Um, I felt like the very first fight that we saw, like the one where. In the bus. No, no, the before the bus. Before the, the one, bus. The, the, the wire fighting kung fu one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I understand what they're going for there. It's it's very much in like the tradition of kung fu movies and like Chinese Tiger, martial hidden, arts yeah. Art cinema. Yeah, it's, it's very much in that vein. But I feel like they did it poorly. Whereas like I don't like the wire fighting stuff. Um, this is just me as a personal preference. But like you know it's you know those are choreographed but in the way that doesn't feel like you're watching a a a step-by-step by the numbers fight whereas that very first fight in shang chi it's like you guys are very clearly choreographed you're kind of just waiting for each other to move and it was very boring that fight is so bad it's just like watching it's like if i didn't know the bus fight was coming later on i would be already turned off from this movie but like the bus fight makes up for it. And then the yeah. fight with the fight on like the bamboo stuff on the scaffolding. Yeah. Makes up for it. Um, I, I was hoping to see a little bit more of Wong and abomination and that, that partnership. Cause they're kind of grifting it, right? They're, they're yeah. partners in this, in this game. Yeah. yeah. They, they are like rigging fights to get money. Okay. I, I, I'm that, that very I'm very curious to see where that goes because I, I didn't I wouldn't put Wong as someone to 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 fix a fight with abomination. It, um, it was another thing that I think um I don't know if Doctor Strange mentioned it in the movie, but like they don't get paid like <laughs> in any way. So I guess technically like getting some money on the side would be something, you know, Wong's gotta pay for his Beyonce CDs one way or another. Uh, so yeah. But that just brings up so many questions. Like Wong knows Bruce and Bruce and Abomination are enemies. So why is he like palling around with Abomination? Um, but overall, I feel like the movie was okay. There was a, it got the standard Disney treatment where it's like, don't ask too many questions because you're not, it's not supposed to completely make total sense you're just supposed to enjoy it it's brainless but it's just brainless fun entertainment i enjoyed seeing simulu my siblings don't like how aquafina is in everything so they kind of complained about her throughout the film and i do think she's been a little bit oversaturated but i like her so it's fine um it's weird that like she's now been brought along into like the greater mcu just because her character 
shot an arrow once and did something. <laughs> it was helpful. Helpful once. They, she <laughs> she did a thing. She drove a car and she shot an arrow. That's what she did. Yeah, she crashed the um, bus. Uh, and yeah, she shot an arrow. Yeah, that's pretty much it. But like one of the things that I like to do in, in movies when I know the place that it's it's been film that is like to see how it feels like in real life compared to the film how does shang chi san francisco feel to like real life bay area okay so i was just about to send you this um i i figured i figured it's time and it popped up in my feed it's really it's really cool to like be there because i grew up or i went to college you know in san francisco primarily so walking around i know where these things are but I found this tweet. This is actually done by a guy who drives the Muni buses. Um, he he goes over in a whole thread. It's like it's a solid amount of posts, but he breaks down the entire fight scene oh, this, of like what it is, is like long to be a Muni bus driver if you were in Shang Chi. Like the the do's and don'ts of what's going on here, right? Uh-huh. Um, it's really fun because like. I walk down some of these streets sometimes and I'm like, oh, I know, I know where this is. Like, I, I know where this is. Um, one of them is like, in particular, um, I think, I think it's there, but um, when Simu does like the pose that's in the, uh, in the trailer, I think he drives by one of the colleges that I used to stop by when I, hmm. like when I, when I went to school. So it's really interesting to see like how all of these play out and i'm glad that uh i'm glad that this guy really broke down like all the rules of mutant it's a really fun read it it looks long but it's a fun read um but yeah i think they did sf pretty well uh chinatown is never that empty by the way um the 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 way it's it was shot during quarantine so um you know a lot of the streets are kind of empty but usually it's like packed there's like events going on all the time uh you know restaurants are open late like everything is available um so i'm i'm really interested in you know if, if people do want to look around i'm pretty sure there's going to be a bus tour that'll like take you where shang chi did x y and z uh the shang chi tour or something like that you know it, it's gonna it's gonna happen mm-hmm. i enjoyed it overall though i think it, it was it was fun um, i don't think it lived up to the hype that people said it was but like that bus fight was so good. Yeah, I I can watch a bus fight for days. That's it. It's so fun, and uh, yeah, it the inside of a muni bus does look like that. The the only thing that you know the the tweet specifies like you know some of the seats are the seats are made of like plastic, hundred percent. There's no like no cushions or anything. It's just uh, it, it's weird. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's it's really cool that they used an actual like muni bus to make this authentic but like the area so uh, i'm glad that they they did cut a bus in half they <laughs> they did some crazy stuff so, but yeah it's uh it's pretty accurate in terms of the experience of living in san francisco well i think that wraps us up for the week um last words of wisdom from you kevin before we take off for two weeks and then hopefully try to record in real life the following week yeah that's gonna be crazy um yeah uh i'm gonna be doing a lot of stuff i have a lot of stuff like lined up um events wise 
Um, so on Friday, we have the 12 hour Diamond and Pearl and Decidueye release stream um, that will be happening at 12 p.m. PST. Um, and then the day after that, I will be casting more Valorant. So that's the first time I'm going to be returning to that space in a long time. Um, that'll be on Saturday and Sunday, the 20th and the 21st. Um, and then, yeah, the Saturday after Thanksgiving, I will be doing a what I call box. Uh, I have a box cubed stream. Um, I am playing Jackbox with friends. I am unboxing um, a new piece of equipment that a lot of people have been curious about. Um, and then I will be getting uh, Jack of the Box because I, I like food late at night. <laughs> so that's that's the, that's the times three box stream. Uh, there will be a lot more, uh, a lot more information uh, on Twitter, but that that is it. Uh, other than that, have a good Thanksgiving. Eat food. Um, turkey does not put you to sleep. It's the it's the number of carbs that you eat, um, and yeah, uh, you just just have fun. Be safe at Thanksgiving, and uh, you know, be spend time with your family. Well, with that, thanks, guys, and we will catch you in two weeks. Have a great Thanksgiving if you celebrate it, and if not, just have a great week in general. Adios. Next week, we bring you the latest in gaming and pop culture news. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you like what you hear, please like, rate, and subscribe to us on all your favorite podcast platforms and follow us on all social media at Believe in OWL. Questions or comments? Please send us an email at believeinowl at gmail.com. If you'd like to advertise with our show, please contact our network at believe.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.